Hi, this is Donna Otto. Welcome to Modern Homemakers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We read the welcome prayer together for nearly a year. And uh, this morning in my own private worship time, I read that prayer and once again, it stops me in my tracks. It's easily available on our website. It was written by Thomas Keating and it's maybe... 10 lines long, but I got to the line that said, I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. (laughs) Do you want me to read it again? No, you probably don't. I don't want to even read it again. But as I read it, I, again, as often and I come to this prayer where I welcome everything that happens to me today because I know it is for my good, is for my healing, thoughts and feelings, emotions, people, situations, of my desires, my, my angst about situations. And I got to that change, any situation, condition, person, or myself. And I just cracked just cracked. I just started to cry and say, Lord, I, I think I've learned that lesson and then how easily I forget it. After all, I know a lot of good things and I want these good things for everybody I know. And I evaluate that for two or three minutes and then I'm reminded exactly what the prayer says. Simply, I let go of my desire to change, even myself my desire to change anything or anybody or any circumstances. If you don't have a copy of the Welcome Prayer, you can find it on our site by Thomas Keating. Make a copy of it, absorb it, take it into your life. We're talking about family uh, the end of October and early November. Ah, Someone asked me if I was talking about family because um, the holidays were coming and family can be a rather uh, stressful time during uh, the holidays. And How many letters I've answered from women and say, do I have to invite that part of my family for Christmas? Uh, let's not talk about that today. But I want uh, to keep talking to you about home and family and some very specific things. I talked to you about how to inspire your children a few days ago through the reading of biographies, of missionary biographies particularly. I talked about the eight ingredients that makes a place called home, a place where the people who live in your home want to come to you. And sometimes I think when especially when there were three of us or when we had my husband's family living with us, his sister's family and her children living with us. We wanted there to be all these things, but there just wasn't. There was stress and strife. And then I think there are just two of us. It's still important to manage in my own heart how I feel about David being the best, where he is known the best. He's known the best. People change. You'd be married for 50 years and still watch a person say, who is that person? Who is that man? And there's a lot of growth left. If we think that we get to a certain age and we stop growing, we've missed what God has promised to us. So today I want to talk to you about evaluating your family rules. And you say, we don't have any family rules. Oh, yes, you do. You have family rules, whether they're written on a cardboard 
rule board, chalkboard, listed on the refrigerator, or just spoken, oh, or unspoken. So I want you to think about what a rule is. How do you define a rule? I mean, is it something you sat down and decided you were going to make up? You know, you're just going to make up a rule today. What is a rule? It's an understood regulation or principle governing conduct within a particular activity or sphere like home. And we don't have to write them down to make them rules. You give your children or husband a look. You never meant for that look to be the look of, don't you dare say another word. You don't have to say, don't you dare say another word. If you raise your finger or give the look, everyone knows they better not say another word. So today I want to talk to you about those rules, written and unwritten. And the first thing I want to ask you is, do you have too many rules or not enough? I talked to a woman last week who said her children were quite upset with her, and so was her husband, because she was preparing for a party and she was cleaning the house. And her little boy, it just, it just triggered her. Her little boy said to her, but mom, I always leave my shoes there. <laughs> and she was saying to him, move your shoes, get your shoes, your shoes don't belong there. And she realized that when he said that, he was very wounded, like he didn't understand, but I always leave my shoes there. So what was her rule? And she said it was okay to leave her shoes there? Well... She let them believe it was okay to leave her, their shoes there. So that was the rule. And now she changed the rule and said, put your shoes away, they don't belong there. Is that confusing? It is. Now, that's kind of a trite illustration because a lot of things happen on the fly. But I'm asking you, do you have too many rules or not enough rules? Do you make rules and not keep them? Do you establish a pattern and then break them because you can't keep them yourself? Do you have a few rules that your entire family lives by and there's no breaking them? I also want, if you have not written your rules, I want to suggest that you write your rules. You write them down and then read them regularly. Is this rule that you have good for you or good for your child? <laughs> Is this a parent rule that says, put your shoes over there because I don't want to see your shoes? Or is this, put your shoes in your room so you can find them in the morning, this is a good thing for you? I, I can clearly, just as I say that, I can clearly remember a rule that uh, we had with our daughter and, and with my niece and nephews. And that was the, the rule that helped them get ready for the morning. Now, it was a very good rule for the children. It was. And everybody had what we used were little square crates, like milk crates. And everybody had a crate in their room. Two of the boys stayed in the same room together, so there were two crates in that room. And as the afternoon after school went on, into the evening and the morning, the next morning, everything you needed to take to school with you got into the crate. So if you took your shoes off and they were your only shoes, you put them in the crate because you need them in the morning. You did your homework and you have to take the homework with you to school, you put it in the crate because you'd need it. 
when the lunches were made, if I made them, I would drop them in the crate so they picked everything up. Now, how many of you run off to school or had a child come home and say, I didn't have what I needed? It avoids that. But I have to tell you that when I made the rule, that was what I was trying to avoid. I was trying to avoid my getting called to bring up something. The other thing I was trying to avoid was one of my nephews had the habit, and he wasn't our child, so we weren't there to instruct or rear. Or He had the habit of leaving his shoes in a, wherever he took them off. Well, he had three pairs of shoes. I've told the story many times. So I said, I can't do this because your 13-size shoes are taking up too much space. You have to put your shoes away. And then we established something that we did for a while when we were all together, and that was at the end of the day, whatever wasn't put away, um, I got to put it in my box. And you got the ingredients from the box at the end of the week. Well, after three days, I had all of Tom's shoes in my box. And he had no shoes. What does that mean? He had no shoes when it came time to go to school the next morning. He had no shoes. Now, what would you do if your son had no shoes? Well... Too bad for him. He can't go to school. He has to write a note. And guess what? He'll remember to put his shoes away. Now, is that a rule for me or is that a rule for them? I thought that was a rule for them and help them to put things back where they belong for their sake because it was always running around the house in the morning and they would leave the house frustrated. We would get up early. We would make sure the food was ready, my husband and I. Everything helped them to be sent off to school. But the whole shoe thing was their problem, not ours. But know the difference whether you're creating a rule that's good for mama, good for papa, makes it easier for you, or is actually instilling things in your children. Three, do your rules match the age level and capabilities of your children? If the garbage bag is too heavy for your two-year-old, he probably shouldn't be taking it out. Um, but make sure that they're age appropriate. Each child is different. Uh, each body strength is different, but make sure it's appropriate. Four, are any of your rules discouraging for any of your children? Now, you're going to say, well, all rules are discouraging to children. They, yes, that's true. But some natures, and knowing them best and knowing them well, are more discouraging than others because they don't have the competencies. We see that many people in our culture, um, young children, are being diagnosed with diseases and imperfections and malfunctions of their brain that um, slow them up or speed them up or distract them. Uh, you don't want to obviously see that in a child and make a rule for them that would discourage them because they're not capable of doing it. Five, read each rule and restate the reason for it in your own mind. Read it. That's why we think that writing them down is a very good idea. Writing them down and agreeing with your spouse. If you live alone, it's harder to do, and maybe you have close companions or spiritual directors or spiritual guides who help you write the rules and read them to these folks and see if you're ahead of yourself, imposing too much, or have too many expectations. Six, when was the last time you changed a rule? Now, that is a silly question. You think, well, it's a rule. Why would I change it? Because life changes, and some rules don't matter anymore. I, I think the one that always comes to my mind when I talk about this subject is it was this child's job to empty the dishwasher. Well, 
when I first started these giving assignments of chores, it was because I wanted to teach them how to do it. But I can still remember um, my nephew saying, I always empty the dishwasher. And I thought, he does. That's his job. What's wrong with that? Except that what was the real heart of the rules of housekeeping? The rules of the housekeeping was that everyone would learn how to do it. And so we made a job jar instead. And we put all the jobs that had to be done by the children into the jar. My husband and I still do that together. All the jobs that need to be done in our house, what well, doesn't matter if it's his job or my job, and then we take them out and we decide. When we moved into our new house, we don't have a jar anymore, but we typed up a list of the new things that need to be done. Who's going to do them? We evolve. We change. We have a smaller home than we used to have. Kids get older. Make sure that the rules are evolving and changing with your children. And lastly, in what areas are you frustrated right now? Do you find some areas that the children are frustrating you and you're, you have a sense of annoyance or anger or frustration with them? Well, that may be simply because they're frustrated with a rule that really shouldn't apply anymore. Recognize that your frustration or their speaking to you about their frustration may just mean that that rule needs to go bye-bye. By the time they leave home, whatever age that is, there shouldn't be any more rules. I think by the time a child reaches 16 years old, there shouldn't be any more rules. Maybe there's an agreed-on curfew or an agreed-on expense account. Or, but these you're sending them out, as Debbie Van Omen used to say, the aeronautical engineer. You're sending them out on test missions. They're making the flight by themselves. How are they doing? They crashed and burned while they were out. Well, good. They crashed and burned, and they came home to home, the most significant place in the world. But if they leave home at 18 and they're saying, am I glad I'm out of there? I don't have any rules anymore. Well, their rules should be now their own personal, private principles to live their life by. Rules matter. Rules are part of all of our lives. I think it's part of what I see in our culture right now. Do you like wearing a mask? I don't. It gets hot. I get lipstick all over my mask. I cannot tell you how many times I say to myself, now, don't put your lipstick on in the morning. And then I put my lipstick on in the morning, and then I put my white mask on, and there's the red stuff on the inside. We don't like rules. We like to do what we like to do. We like being in charge. But rules are a way of stacking together, being united to accomplish things that are more than we can accomplish by ourselves. So let's stick together and keep the rules. And let's make sure that our family's rules are good for our family. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make the very uncommon day of tearing up a rule your family will be happy to see go.